Welcome to All That Scratch, recorded live at the Other Palace, bringing you the best of new musicals across the UK. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Alex Jackson. Uh, and I'm Charlie Norburn. And together we are All That Productions. Um, we came together to make All That Scratch happen. We wanted to provide a platform for new musical theatre for people to enjoy across the UK. Uh, so I hope that you'll enjoy that this evening. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming. If you are listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we're going to bring to the stage Kiki Stevenson, who is the Artistic Programme Coordinator of The Other Palace. So give a big round of applause for Kiki. <laughs> Again, yes, my name is Kiki. Um, I'm the artistic program coordinator here at the Other Palace. Um, and together with my colleagues, uh, Alex and Charlie, well, we'd like to all welcome you to the second episode of All That Scratch. Thank you very much. Um, we have an amazing lineup uh, for you tonight. Uh, we opened submissions about a month ago, just over a month ago, two months ago. Recently, but also not all that recently, um, and had an amazing response of submissions. Um, so thank you, everyone who submitted. Uh, and we've picked five really amazing, interesting, different pieces tonight um, to highlight on the podcast. So more about that to, to come. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with The Other Palace, perhaps you listening on the podcast, um, The Other Palace is uh, striving to be one of the homes of new musical theatre here in London. Um, we were purchased by Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm sure you may have heard of him. <laughs> um, about two years ago, and his goal was to kind of uh, provide a space for new musicals to develop without the stress of those big West End or Broadway budgets. Um, and thankfully, I think the, the, the UK is really rising to the challenge and we have amazing um, programs outside of the other palace that are also supporting the work of new musicals and I think together as a society and um, a landscape of musical theatre, there's so much interesting work being produced now. So all that scratch is kind of just a, a very, very small contribution to, to that wider landscape and hopefully on the podcast we can reach an even further audience and hopefully an international audience to kind of share the amazing work that's happening. Um, format of the evening, um, again, we have five amazing pieces of work uh, to share with you today. Um, I'm going to invite each of the writing teams to the stage, kind of uh, we'll talk about their process and how they've come to where they are and they'll perform one or two songs from each show. Um, our first piece is called Steep Themselves in Night uh, and the song is called called Who Needs Another Fairy Tale. Uh, book music and lyrics have been written by Jude Taylor, who I'm going to ask to come to the stage now. Jude! Hi, Jude. Good evening. Um, so, tell us a bit about um, why did you decide to write Steep Themselves in Night? Well, like a lot of people I'm sure here in this room, I love musicals uh, since, since a really early age. Um, and I've been writing songs as sort of a creative outlet for a really long time. And therefore, I've really wanted to write a musical for a really long time. Um, but I realized that I didn't really have a story, a starting point, a reason. So I started to reflect on what I would like to see, the kind of stories I'd like to tell. And I realized that actually, I really wanted to see characters and people like myself, transgender people, non-binary people and characters represented in new musical theater. And there are lots of amazing stories being told Often, though, when it comes to trans people in particular, they're focused on transitioning or coming out or, you know, really serious, important issues. It's important to talk about um, and, you know, important stories. But I kind of just wanted to write something a bit silly. I wanted to write something based on a kind of a traditional fairy tale that sort of took the mick a bit. Um, and here we have Steep Themselves in Night, which we are kind of calling a mashup of uh, Midsummer Night's Dream and a bit of Gilbert and Sullivan. So that's, that's what I've been trying to go for. Sounds interesting. I can't wait to hear that. Um, how have you brought uh, the piece to the point that it is now? So maybe about 18 months ago, I decided that perhaps it was time to stop writing alone in my bedroom and to go out and meet some people, um, so especially because I don't live in London. So I thought, well, you know, it's, it's time to go and put it out there. So I came here to the other palace upstairs uh, one, one of the pitch days. I sat by myself and tried to be funny and made a few jokes um, <laughs> and sang a few songs. And very kindly, the other palace have been supporting me since to try and develop it and take it further. So 
last year we had a few table readings um, and then in October we had our first main workshop and we had a sharing that we presented here on this stage. Um, the feedback that came out of that was really useful and constructive so I've been hidden away writing again and a few weeks ago we had our third table reading so that's where we are now. And what are your plans to develop this piece further? So we're in some talks about potential steep, you know, returning in the summer, which is quite exciting. Um, over the next few weeks as well, um, I'm actually going into the studio, uh, doing a bit of recording, making a little EP, which is very exciting. So working on that, yeah. Anything else you want to say about that, Jude? Well, you know, just... <laughs> on a silver platter. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited about the opportunity, working with some quite exciting people. Um, some people who you might recognize from past Other Palace productions. <clears throat> Heathers and Eugenius. Um, so I'm really excited about that and the opportunity to reach more audiences, meet more people, and just learn and share. Does that sound a bit cheesy? Don't answer that. No, it's actually. brilliant. You smashed it. Um, do you want to uh, introduce your performers for this evening? Sure. So... Um, the song we're presenting tonight is the opening song of the show. It's called Who Needs Another Fairy Tale? And essentially, uh, this is led by our narrator. Our narrator is totally done with fairy tales. They hate fairy tales. Um, and they've been messing with our writer's stories a lot and tampering with them. So the writer has said just before this point, right, this is your last chance. I've got a character called Flutter. Flutter is this lovely, non-binary, youthful fairy. Um, and they've not found a proper place in any of my other fairy tales. Narrator, you've got to find Flutter a story, and, or otherwise you're being written out as well. So this song is all about the narrator trying uh, their very best, uh, no matter how cynical they are, uh, to introduce Flutter into this magical enchanted forest world. Uh, so tonight uh, we have uh, Lauren Soli as the narrator, Robin Samoyes de Silva as Flutter, Robin Tempest as Bramble, Nick Chiapetta as Rufus, Carl Daniels as Majesty, and Brian Raftery is accompanying on piano. Great. Give him a big round of applause, please. <laughs> Welcome to the Enchanted Forest. We're standing outside the Fairy Queen's Palace and it's just gone midnight. Look how mysterious and magical everything appears in the summer air, except, wait, you can't, because of the fog. This is going to be so much fun. Snowfall has melted like butter We're here in a permanent spring The world is our oyster, the pathway's now clear The sunlight pokes through and it warms every wing <laughs> Who needs another fairy tale? Who needs another story that's just not real? Being told how to feel, what is that deal? Who wants another fairy tale? Who wants another story that's clearly not true? If it's not me, then it's probably you. Well, well I guess I do. Who needs another fairy tale? Who needs another story about a boy? A boy who meets girl, an extraordinary world. Who's writing all these fairy tales? If it's not me, then it has to be you. Like it or not, I, I guess, guess it's something, something I can't help but do. It's something we can't help but do. So, this is Bramble. She's the senior fairy and probably the wisest. She's definitely the oldest. <laughs> As if my day couldn't get any worse. Bramble, please, I've bought a company. It's lovely to meet you. I'm Flutter. I'm... Wait, who am I? Why are we here again? Perhaps this is how all good fairy tales should kick off. <laughs> with an existential crisis. Uh, Flutter is here because they are my cousin. Oh, really? You don't look very much alike. That's because we had different mothers, of course. Oh. Well, I hope you feel at home here, my boy. Just so you know, Bramble, they're, they're, they're not a boy. Who needs another fairy tale? What? Who needs another story about a narrator? Hey. Blah, blah, blah. Let's do what this later. What are you talking about? Narrator, it's okay. I can speak for myself. I tend to experience gender a little bit differently to other magical and mortal folk. Mine shifts and changes. Oh. How, um, modern. 
please excuse me. You just don't look like you're a... Uh, like you I'm know, what? You know, um... Gay. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> I guess there's a lot you can't tell about a person just by looking at them. I don't care if you're gay. I'm a very accepting person. But I'm not gay, though. Gender is a different sort of... Oh, you young fairies and your interesting opinion on gender. Bramble, don't you have another verse to sing or something? Um, why are you here? Oh, the narrator is introducing me into your story. Isn't it exciting? Far too often these narrators and writers and creatives try to meddle with our worlds, especially the mortal ones. Who said this narrator is mortal? Who needs another fairy tale? Romanticising and patronising books. All the same looks, it gets rather old. Especially when you're this old. Who needs another fairy tale? Who isn't through with magic and intrigue and wit? We know that's not it. We're really quite ordinary, I'll admit. We're just ordinary, magical folk. Um, excuse me. Where was my invitation to this little sing-song? Enter Rufus. Oh, how wonderful. The narrator has returned. Once you've met Rufus, you'll certainly never forget him. He spends his days serving as... Royal Jester! Wow, you're a bit of a celebrity back home. I've heard so many stories. Oh, don't believe them. They may all be true. I'd definitely be wary of Joker's flutter. It's easy to mock when you're jealous. And who isn't jealous of this? When you're this talented, everyone knows all the things that I do you would not want to miss. Look, it's majesty. I know you're new around here, but you don't have to keep doing my job for me. Majesty enters, but we already know who he is. I've heard that you don't want to mess with him. He does tend to be in a dreadful mood most of the time. You have to understand, it's tough trying to keep all that magical power locked up inside like that. So, it's like he's constipated but with magic. It's just misunderstood. If you ask me... No I, one asked you. I don't understand why he was ever allowed into this palace in the first place. Oh, come on. Everyone knows him and the Fairy Queen were, well, you know. Oh, the shame. Our law on mortals is clear. Majesty is only half mortal. We've covered this. Anyway, he's doing an important job keeping the place safe. Ah, uh, Rufus... What? Once upon a time, you dreamed of something better. But what good does dreaming do? Please don't pin all your hopes on me. And I'll keep mine far from you. The forest has always inspired me. The forest has always been home. Today it all sparkles and everyone smiles Unicorns, dragons, trolls and even the gnomes Flutter, Rufus, narrator, it's time for work We can't sing all of the time Yeah, it's not lame, Miss. <laughs> but who needs another fairy tale? Who needs another story about a kid Making a bid to be something more? More. Who's wanting all, all these fairy, fairy tales? If it's not me, then, then it has, has to be you. Like it or not, I, I guess, guess it's something we can't help but do. It's something we all tell. We all do. and thank you everyone for that um, our next piece is uh, from a, a show called Eight, the song is America uh, in this case the book music and lyrics have all been written by Charlie Eglinton Charlie, come on up Hi Charlie Hello, Hello. Um, tell us a bit about Eight um, and also kind of why you've decided to write it now um, so there's two reasons. So the first one is that historically, like this piece is set uh, just over 100 years ago in 1922, and 
it's essentially a heightened reflection on the American dream because it follows the story of Ed, who runs away from his Sicilian mafia home to America, where he dreams of building these amazing airships. But it doesn't end well. So it's, I mean, it's the mafia. It's not going to end well, is it? So <laughs> he, um, he runs away, and, but it's, it's, it's looking at how the American dream as a concept in the 1920s in that era was so pivotal, and it's, it was a universal concept that everyone bought into and that it was intangible then, and arguably, 100 years later, it is still just as relevant, if not more so now. So that's kind of one of the reasons. And the other reason is, kind of off the back of that, I want to provide escapism, because as a child, I was raised on watching hours and hours of anime. And <laughs> that... Thank you. And that <laughs> that's kind of like inspired the way that I want to create theatre in that like anime has this kind of like these dark, magic, larger than life kind of elements to it. And I'm like, why can't that be on stage as well? So like with eight, that's what I tried to do. So you've got like steampunk automaton mafia men and you've got like giant airships on fire over New York. <laughs> I mean, like... Essentially, if I can provide two and a half hours of escapism from the current depressing climate, then I'll be happy. And hopefully you will be as well. <laughs> the good news in our tiny studio audience tonight, we do have airships on fire. So Yes. We the have fire given... hydrants are prepared. So. <laughs> We've given the front row some um, fire extinguishers, so yes. they're on hand. <laughs> Um, so, based with all of that in mind, what's your ultimate vision for this piece? I mean, you ask any writer, and they're obviously going to say West End Broadway, which would be very nice. But I think more importantly for me is I want this piece to be a bridge. And what I mean by that is I want it to be a stepping stone between musical theatre and opera. Because I think it is getting better, but there is still this stigma that opera is somehow unaccessible, which is not true. And I want to break down that myth. And because it, this piece is not a musical and it's not an opera. It's like it's a fusion of both. So ultimately what I want is for someone to watch my show. If I can get one person to watch it and come away and discover and fall in love with opera, then I will be very happy. So in order to get to that ultimate goal, it's a question of um, kind of different stages. So... On Thursday, there is this very exciting announcement coming on the Other Palace website, so do stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, and then I guess from now, it's just sort of like I'm looking for a place where this show can find a permanent home to develop and grow into like the best possible version of itself that it can be. I think, I think it's also worth mentioning, if you don't mind. Um, tonight's episode is really exciting. Um, Char for those of you who are on the podcast, you won't really be able to see this, but Charlie's 19. Um, <laughs> um, and we have another writer tonight who's also 19, so I, I just have to say, it's really impressive. You, you'll hear it yourself when, when the song is performed, that these sorts of tones and ideas and these, these missions you have inside that are coming out, are they're really, really big for a 19-year-old, so Thank I think you. you should really be commended for that. Um, final question, though. Um, the song America that is being yes. performed tonight, kind of where, what's the context? How does that sit within the wider musical? So this is the moment where Ed uh, has just decided to leave home. So this is his younger brother, Valentin, has just been pronounced as the next future don of the family. So Ed's like, nope, I'm out. So, he's <laughs> so this song comes as he's heading for the ship that's going to take him to America, and suddenly he's thinking about all the possibilities and potential uh, ideas and dreams that he's going to make come true in America, this promised land, land of the free. Um, so just a little disclaimer, this is like a very much acoustic version of America because my kind of USP for eight is that I have kind of created like a steampunk percussion section by like taking uh, mechanical sound samples, so like a gate or like a clock ticking or a hammer and like use that as percussion. So like I, I do have like the fully orchestrated version online, but this is very much an acoustic version of that piece. Do you want to introduce your performer? I would love to. So this is uh, Mikey Worcester, who is uh, the first and original and the best Ed I could have asked for. Um, and he will be singing America with me. Brilliant. Come on, Mikey. Come on up.
so close I almost hear it. So close I almost feel it. The wind that's calling just to Close to finally breaking the chains that now are straining to keep me grounded, cause I'll be free. I don't care if the streets aren't paved with gold cause anywhere is a dream from what I've known I'll start again in America scar on your face cause everyone there has a scar to their name America don't let me down So far above my shadow, so far it cannot reach all. The dreams it drenched in darkness far too long. I don't care if the sun will never shine. I've left behind I'll start again in America where they don't give a damn for the scar on your face cause everyone there has a scar me down this dream like the pride which I swallowed to hide long ago and it broke me inside just let me run let me try let me go let me feel what I have been denied just let me free let me choose let me see let me finally fly I feel like I'm going to be playing a vicious game with this mic because I'm so short, even in heels. People can't see it on the podcast, but I keep coming up and the mic is way past my head and I have to bring it back down. I'm so short. This next piece is um, 
a song called The Girl Who Has It All from a show with a working title of The Complete Guide to Being a Girl. Uh, the music and lyrics are written by Anna Shields and the book by Emily Garson. And I'll just have them come to the stage, please. Thank you. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, tell us a bit about the show and what your inspiration behind writing it was. Sure. So Emily and I have been writing musicals together for about 10 years now. And for the last two years, we've been looking for a story that really uh, uncovers the uh, complexities of identity and particularly looks at the pressures on women. Um, so, as you said, Kiki, their, their working title is The Complete Guide to Being a Girl. Um, it's in quite an early stage of development, and at the moment we're grappling with quite a lot of big questions, as you can imagine, about what that means. Um, but particularly we're focusing at the moment on how we represent women on stage um, and some of those bigger questions um, about sisterhood and self-love in particular. And we should probably say that the focus of the show is set against the backdrop of a competition to find the best girl, which is obviously quite a loaded concept. Um, and it, uh, it's, it's sort of peddled under the guise of empowering a generation of brilliant new women, um, but of course is absolutely riddled with uh, contradictions and, and problems. And uh, each of the contestants within that competition receive a guidebook, the complete guide to being a girl, through which they explore uh, the idea of becoming perfect or the best. Very, really, no, really interesting things to be exploring. And I know you guys are in really early stages in the grander scheme of writing a musical, but with the current structure, how does this song fit into the wider story? Um, so the song is sung by the character of Eva. She's 16 years old, and she's grown up as the face of this competition. Um, her parents uh, were the creators. Yeah, and the, the wider story, the, the main protagonist is a girl called Hallie, who is perhaps um, an unexpected... Uh, entrant into the competition and she comes head to head with Eva who is this this poster girl and uh, and we explore uh, in the song that you're going to hear uh, what happens when Eva starts to unravel uh, the the exterior this perfect exterior that she's been having to live with her whole life yeah it's basically Eva taking off this disguise of her perfection and acknowledging maybe for the first time and at least to herself that um, she's vulnerable and she's in pain at this point um, and what do, uh, what do you think audiences will relate to in the story? What do you think it's going to be most? I think uh, we can all relate to the idea of having expectations put on ourselves, um, whether we put them on ourselves, uh, ourselves, ourselves, um, or if they are put on us by other people, be it family or friends. Yeah, for, for Eva, um, she's wrestling with this gap between how the world sees her, which is as the girl who has it all, and how she sees herself, and that's what the song's about. I think a lot of women would, I think, identify with that a lot. So yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how this, this song unfolds. Um, would you guys introduce your performer? Absolutely. Today, um, we have Rebecca Bailey singing, directed by Helena Jackson, with Joe Davison on piano. Just makes me feel small 
keep pretending you're the girl who has it all the walls are closing around me locking me into a fear how could anyone love me when I hate this girl in the can be out of place add some makeup and cover up your ugly face just keep smiling you're broken inside but keep up the lie or you'll fall make them think you're the girl who has it all. I just wanted to say, um, from my perspective, one of the most amazing things about musical theatre is that it doesn't have to be your big jazz hands showy piece. And I think uh, the pieces we've already seen today kind of prove that musical theatre has the ability and we can break the form a bit and tackle some really serious and really poignant issues. So more to come on that. Um, our next piece um, is a song called A Woman in Love from a... Uh, a musical called Cleopatra. I think we can guess what this one may be about, but who knows, who knows? Um, the music's been written by uh, Lyndon Samuel and books and lyrics by Robert Gould, and I'll invite them both to the stage, please. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Evening. Oh. Yes, let's do this. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I've taken the mic off the stage. I have to narrate <laughs> what I'm doing. For those of you on the podcast, I've taken the mic off the stand. I also have my mic off the stand. Look at us go. <laughs> I feel like maybe we should go Oprah style and I should just be like, car for you and you. Sorry, Charlie, no. <laughs> right, so sorry, you guys have written a piece called Cleopatra. We have. Um, this may be an obvious question, but maybe tell us a bit about what this is, uh, what the piece is about. So it's about Cleopatra. Oh. The um, ancient queen of Egypt. And it's... I've always been a fan of the film. And she's quite a powerful woman. And I thought to myself, why has no one ever written a musical about Cleopatra? That would be great. And there are so many great musicals about powerful women. You know, Sunset Boulevard, Evita. And I like to think Cleopatra one day will meet these three as great about powerful women. Um, so it's quite an epic film. And as a result, I think that kind of film requires quite epic music, and but also music which sounds familiar, music which is lavish, music which is very indulgent, so that's the kind of almost familiar sounding music, in a kind of way when you hear the songs, hopefully it's like, ooh, this sounds like something I may know, so it would fit into the musical theatre canon, that's my plan. I like that plan, I think it sounds like a very solid plan. Um, so the song, A Woman in Love, how does that fit into the context of this piece? Uh, a Woman in Love comes at the end of Act One, and Cleopatra has had various relationships with many Roman people at this point. <laughs> Politics, obviously. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, Cleopatra is at the... Uh, Mark Antony, she thinks she might have fallen in love with Mark Antony. She's not just using him for uh, power this time. She thinks, this is it. I found the one. But he's gone and gone back to Rome. So rude. <laughs> I know. So she's a bit like... I, I love him, but she thinks he might come back. <laughs> she hopes. Otherwise, there's no act two. So I hope he does. <laughs> and so I know you guys are quite far along in the development of the piece. So what's the future of Cleopatra? 
So very soon, in May, in fact, on May the 11th, there will be a concert performance of nearly the entire score of Cleopatra at the Actors Church in uh, Covent Garden. So please check out the, the Cleo musical tag on Twitter, uh, links to the website, if you fancy coming along to see how this new musical is coming along. This is your teaser. Do you want to introduce who is performing this? Uh, yes, we have the actress who's going to be playing the role of Cleopatra in the performance at the Actors Church on May the 11th, the wonderful Lily De La Haye. Beautiful, thank you. Um, our final piece uh, this evening is from a musical called Just a Phase. Uh, two we're actually going to do two songs from that. Uh, it's called The Sex Talk and Mist. Uh, the lyrics have been written by Zoe Morris and the composer is Meg McGrady. If you guys want to come to the stage, please. <laughs> Hi, guys. So you've written this musical called Just a Phase. 
what did, what made you write this? So the musical itself is about a group of bisexual and lesbians in high school who are in a band, and their band gets disbanded due to their inappropriate content, their LGBT positive songs. Yeah, so uh, we started writing this because Meg approached me yes, with the idea. Because we kind of were talking about our experience in high school. So I went to an all-girls Catholic high school in the north. <laughs> <laughs> I went to boarding school <laughs> and yeah we just had really similar experiences of mental health and LGBT and all that stuff and we wanted to show kind of strong intelligent women young women in a school environment when they're not just obsessed with oh does this boy like me and am I popular and that they have so much more complexity to them when they're there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's why we wrote it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you guys have kind of come together, and I love writing duos because uh, people just bring completely different things to this. So working together, what kind of has the journey been for this piece? Yeah, so we met at BML, which is Book, Music and Lyrics, which is a musical theatre writing course. Um, yeah, and Miss actually was the first song we ever wrote together as an exercise there. Mm -hmm. It's come a long way since then. Yeah. <laughs> and then Meg came up to me with this idea in, in what, September time? September, yeah. Um, we were like, yeah, we'll write it. And then we had a BYMT New Music Theatre Award and we got to the final of that. Um, Completely unexpected. Yeah, <laughs> we were a bit like, what? Um, so we did that and that's why we wrote a lot of this in, in about two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That was a fun two weeks. Yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> um, okay, so give us a bit of context to the show, and then how does the sex talk and mist fit into that? Give us a bit of context before we hear the songs. So they both come kind of halfway near the end of Act One. Um, the context of the sex talk is, it's yeah. the sex talk. They're in a <laughs> sex education class. That's all you need to know. Um, and Mist is um, our character, Tori. Um, she's basically been diagnosed with a lot of different mental health conditions. They've adjusted her medication a lot. They're not entirely sure what's wrong with her or why she's having these problems. Um, she's got to a point where she's not sure whether what she's experiencing is side effects or actually what her brain is doing. So she decides to throw them all away and go without. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You've got a big cast. So why don't you introduce them, please? Yeah. You've got the... That's what I did. share the piece of paper. <laughs> Cool. So on piano, we have Lawrence T. Stannard. As Aziza, we have Lauren Price. As Tori, we have Brady Isaacs-Pierce. As Sage, we have Michaela Murphy. As Rowan, we have Ruby Dolner. And as Naha, we have Sophie Nightwick. Brilliant. You what? I said I don't even know how it works. Not really. You're a biology nerd? Sage, you are literally an expert in anatomy. Yeah, but they don't really... Teach us anything? Of course not. Good Catholic school girl shouldn't have unnatural thoughts. Ignore the biology, the facts and science. You've been taught to stay innocent and pure. Ignore any natural laws. And when you're married, you'll be wise to what goes on between your thighs. Until then, you can be sure. Sex is something you Education, that's the point of sex education. Are you joking? They don't teach us anything. Exactly, I have no idea what I'm doing. I swear some of it's made up. What do you mean? I can put a condom on a banana, but I kinda can't imagine that. I really don't wanna have that comparison in my head when I first get into his bed. Wait, how does this thing fit on a banana again? I asked what a clitoris was, and they told me to shut it because God thinks I'm too young to And that's not even mentioning the fact it's all heterocentral. Thanks to Section 28, we can't communicate unless it's straight. 
I didn't know girls could masturbate by masquerading hey as advice for every day. Depression can get tough, kind of rough. So if a boy approaches, close your legs. Don't do a thing unless you've got a ring to chain him to your bed. I can promise you will die if you contract an STI. And that's when the sex talk ends. And I look over at my friends. Section 28 isn't still in force. Not I just think that maybe we should give them some credit. I mean, they're trying. Are they, though? If they scare us enough, they'll be able to put us off things like teenage pregnancies and all that. You can't tell me there aren't things you wish you knew. Maybe I could admit that I feel a bit, well, shit. Not too out of turn. It's something I'd like to learn. Teachers try to be so parental. They tend to be so judgmental. Maybe the pills made me like women. Or maybe it's the fears they instill in. It's a side effect. My sexuality is wrecked. But don't ask any questions. I'm frustrated and I hate it. Tell me why my mind is turning. doing? Shouldn't you be in a lesson or something? Maths? Yeah. Yeah. And so should you. I was just... Counselors? Doctors. Oh. This one's new. Where's your Ritalin? I don't get it anymore. What? I'm not ADHD anymore. Sorry, what? One more misdiagnosis. This time it's psychosis. Replacing the ADHD. They say that we're winning. It's just the beginning. We're facing a fake remedy. The drugs in my system, I can't even list them. Repairing the holes in my mind. They're stitching the pieces, but they don't know where the crease is. You get hurt when you're showing blind, feeling covered in mist. When will my story get its twist? like it's getting quite a few twists already. <laughs> I mean, a real one beyond, oh, your last pill didn't work, let's try a new one. Or a new dosage, or a new mental illness, because apparently something's wrong with me. But they don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, but I'm sure that they I can can't take it anymore. I've always been cautious, but pills make me nauseous. An expected side effect. They're nerving or feeling. Without them, I'm reeling. To them, I'm just a test subject my mind won't stop spurning perhaps i'll stop spurning all the advice that they described they say i'm i'm distracted when it's time that i acted ignore the pills that they prescribed feeling covered in mist when will my story get its twist what do you mean Insane. The misfiring of my wiring is firing up my brain. Better crazy than nothing at all. Their pride comes before my fall. And as they wash away, I don't want to keep at bay. The way our weight is lifted 
I'm no longer conflicted. The addict is finally fine. Are you sure that's a good idea? I have to. I don't know what's me and what's the side effects anymore. Goodbye medication. I've stopped this frustration. I'm finding a way to be free. Maybe I've been hasty. Maybe they can trace me. Why won't my mind just let me be? Paranoia is useless. You're clever. I'm clueless. But I'll stick by the choice that I made. They can call me crazy. I won't let them phase me. It's time that we were disobeyed. Thank you guys and, and thank you to everyone. Yeah, thank you so much for coming along and uh, thank you to everyone at home who is listening to the podcast. Can we have another round of applause please for all of our artists and writers and creatives tonight? They were amazing. They were fantastic. Um, for those of us that are in the room as opposed to at home, please do stick around for a drink. Please uh, come and talk to us, talk to everyone. Uh, this whole thing is about feedback, so come and share with everyone your thoughts. It's really, really welcome. Um, and thank you very much for listening. Yes, um, so all that scratch is officially planning to come back every other month. Uh, so... <laughs> so excited. Um, so as of today, our next date has been announced for the live recording, which is going to be Monday, the 20th of May. Tickets have gone on sale today. So if you enjoyed tonight or if you're listening on the podcast and want to try to come down to London to the other palace, please do join us. Um, submissions also are open. So if you're either in the room or listening and say, oh, man. My, my music that I'm writing for my musical is, is pretty great too. Uh, submissions are open. That deadline is the 22nd of April. Um, and then we'll get back to you and hopefully put together an amazing, another amazing lineup. Absolutely. Um, don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes and Spotify at the moment and you can find those links at allthatproductions.co.uk. Uh, all that remains to say is thank you so much for coming and have a safe journey home. See you in May. Thank you. Thank you. Episode 2 of All That Scratch was recorded at the Other Palace on the 26th of March, 2019. If you've enjoyed listening, please do tell your friends on social media and rate us five stars. Our technician and podcast editor was Will Abel. Podcast theme music by Nicola Chang. All That Scratch is produced by Kiki Stevenson for The Other Palace, Charlie Norburn and Alex Jackson for All That Productions. Visit allthatproductions.co.uk and theotherpalace.co.uk for details of upcoming submissions and recording dates.